Amen. Today, we are starting a new series. Yeah. <laughs> um, one moment is over, a new moment has come, and uh, we're starting a new series. And um, how many of you guys need to be reminded often? Who needs reminders? I, I need reminders. Um, that's why I got married. So, <laughs> so, so when, when, when load shedding kicks in and my battery dies, there's something or someone to remind me of what I need to do. But um, yeah, it's like... It's, it's our wedding anniversary this week, Milo. You have to do something. Yeah, you know, those kind of reminders. But I mean, like my kids, my kids, um, I don't know about you guys. You guys probably have the most amazing kids in the world that know how to do everything. The only things my kids do not need reminding of is food and when to go and play games. Hey, we, I mean, like it felt like one day we were walking through Jurassic Park, you know, poop this high from the animals. And I'm like, dude, you had to pick up the poop today. He's like, oh, I thought that was only once a year, you know, kind of thing. It's like, I mean, come on, dude. It was, it was that crazy, you know, but we constantly have to remind each other about what we need to do. Hey, like <laughs> this morning, on just, you know, just getting to church, my wife, we woke up and, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm getting ready inside, you know, packing all the things, making sure everything is, 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 is where it needs to be, and she goes, hey, just a reminder, you have to be at church early, so I'm like, yeah, 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 I've got it, I go, I go, get ready, shower, she's like, dude, you've got to get ready, you've got to go, I'm like, yes, woman, I know, I'm walking out the house, and she goes, dude, you need to go to church now, I'm like, I have to say goodbye to my kids, where are they, all of them, how many kids do you have, too many, so, you know, there's always this constant reminder um, to do things, because life happens. How many of you guys know life is so busy that we actually forget to focus on stuff? And then just things that should come naturally, we just forget about. Hey, like um, feeding each other. I can't say feeding kids because people are watching this online. I'm going to get a phone call from my, from my kids' grandparents. Why aren't you feeding my kids? They eat for themselves, mom. Have you seen their size? No, I'm just joking. Relax, woman. It's okay. But yeah, you know, there's always a distraction that takes our focus off what we're supposed to do. And, and that's what life does. You know, it gets us busy. It gets us panicky. It gets us anxious about stuff. And then there are certain things that are important in our lives that we forget to do. And we need to be reminded about these things. That's why we have cell phones. That is why we have calendars. Who still uses the old-style calendars? Yeah, yeah. Is she judging you? Wow, all those, all those people that were born after gummy bears are looking. It's like, how dare you use paper calendars? <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've got to find a way to remind ourselves how to move forward. So we're going to be starting a new series, and our new series, we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians. And... Um, what, as, as Alison and myself, we were studying through the book, we were wondering aloud, it's like, so what is it that Ephesians is telling us? Now, Ephesians is all about reminding us who we are and how we're supposed to live this life as a Christian. It's about knowing who we are in Jesus, and that's what we're going to find out in chapter 1. And then as we go through the book, it's just going to tell us what we should do with our lives. Because how many of you guys know you need to be reminded about who you are? You need to re be reminded that 
you can overcome. You have to be reminded that Jesus loves you. We see it too often that people, they go through life, and even though they know who Jesus is, they've accepted him, that certain things come along their way, and they wobble, and then they go, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I'm called to do anything. I don't think there's a purpose for my life. And we learned with our series called Just One Moment that who is going to do this? God is calling you. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we just need reminding. And that is what Paul is going to be telling us through this book of Ephesians about who we are and whose we are because of Jesus, that we are worthy, that we are called, and no matter what happens, we have to remain standing firm, standing in place, standing your ground. My daughter, um, when we were, when, when we were, um, when she was a little baby, you know, my kids, uh, when they were small, the boys were easy to manage. You know, it's like, go to sleep. And they, you know, they knew who the alpha was in the house. I'd close the door. I'm like, hey, go sleep. And they'd fall down and sleep. Rebecca, she knew how to stand firm. She would cry. I'm like, go to sleep. Cry. Nonstop. Like, ah. I didn't lose my hair. I pulled it out. <laughs> but she knew that I won't give up. My dad's going to give in. And that is what it says in Ephesians. Not only do we have a purpose and a calling, but we need to stand. No matter what comes up against us, we have to stand firm. So that is what this whole entire series is going to be about. And um, so before we dive into it, um, I want to just give you a little background. You know, there's always a little story behind why we do a book. You know, we're going to walk through the whole book. Sometimes we do um, character studies. Sometimes we, we do things to equip us and grow us. But then it's just times that we have to go through entire books and, and see what God is telling us and, and how we can move forward. Um, so Ephesians is a really small book. For those who haven't read it, read it it's only six chapters. Really small. You can read one chapter a day and you will be done. Um, who is able to do that? One chapter, okay, put up your hand. I'm seeing, okay, you've got next week, you're preaching, two weeks, three weeks. Okay, you guys, there we go, good. Now I see everybody, they're like, no, Milo's going to do something. But no, 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 really simple book. I, I encourage you, please, read through Ephesians through, this, through these next six weeks, because uh, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to take six weeks. We're going to discuss what God is pulling out and wants to tell us through these chapters. So... Um, before we start, let's just open up in prayer. So, Lord Jesus, we come before you and we say, worthy is your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for life. Thank you that we uh, I pray that you will do in us what you need to do as we open your word and as you speak to us. Grow us. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians, like I said, and Ephesians... Today, for, for, for those who don't know, would be considered to be what we call Turkey at this moment. Okay, so it was a real place with real people, and it was a very large city. At that point in time, there was probably a, a heck of a lot, millions of people that lived in, in, in that area. 
itself at the time of the writing of this book. So it is a big space. And what actually happened was they were well known for their trade. It was a place where people came in and trade, traded stuff. It was also known to have the biggest library in the known world at that moment, in the civilized world. They had the biggest library. But to top it off, it was also known as the place with the most, how can I say, religious worship. You would find all kinds of um, idols, all kinds of different gods that they would worship there in the Roman Empire. And one of the greatest um, goddesses that people worshipped was worshipped in Ephesus, and her name was Artemis. And the thing about it is, so Paul actually goes out to Ephesus before the writing of this book. If you go and have a look in the book of Acts, uh, you will see in chapter 19 that he travels to Ephesus, and there he meets up with just a few people that love Jesus. He speaks to them, he chats to them, and then Christianity spreads like wildfire. Poof. And people are being saved left, right, and center. You know, it felt like an Oprah Winfrey show. You saved, you know. It's the kind of thing. Like, it was just happening so fast. It was happening so fast that businesses were actually losing money because a lot of people were making money off selling idols, you know, statues. And one of them was of this goddess Artemis. And, and these people were losing money just because of the rate at which people were getting saved. And no one was, was buying new idols. They were throwing away the old ones. And, and, and these business owners became really upset. And so what they did was they, they called a meeting, high council, and they, they, they started a riot. It's like, how dare these people take away our business? And so, I mean, the entire town, this whole place of Ephesus has a riot that the place comes to a standstill. And so this is, this is quite before Paul writes this message. But what you see over here is it's a real town with real issues, with real challenges. And a good couple of years later, Paul is writing them a letter because even though he's been there and he's changed lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, that they're still facing challenges at this moment, a good couple of years later. Because people are wondering, is like, hey, what is this faith as a Christian? How do we keep moving forward? And this is where we pick up the story where Paul comes in and he reminds them about who they are, about what they did, and reminds them about what they are supposed to do. So, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. There we go, it's on screen. And uh, we're just going to read a few verses. And then we're going to unpack this whole thing. It reads from verse 1, we're reading from the NIV. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Can we just pause there? It says, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and then it says to God's holy people. If you go look in the other translations, it says to the saints in Ephesus. Can I tell you something? The moment you give your life over to Jesus, you become a saint. A saint is not someone that is perfect. A saint is someone that follows Jesus. You see, when we are Sinners, it's 
something that we did in our lives, but when we are saints, when we become saints, it's what God has done for us. So turn to someone quickly and say, sup, saint. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you could, like, walk into church. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying we should, but it's like, hey, saint, how's it going? <laughs> saint Milo! <laughs> but that's not it. Saint just means set apart, holy people, people that are put one side, and, and that is only done through Jesus. You're a saint. No matter what anybody else says, you're a saint. So when people go, hey, your kid ain't a saint, it's like, yes, they are. Milo said my kids are saints. Little rascals. Let's carry on. So wait. Remind yourself that you are a saint. Remind yourself that you are set apart. Remind yourself that God has called you. That God wants you. And we're going to get into that. Verse 2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Today, I would like to take just a few minutes to chat to you as we start the series from this title, It's a Part of Your Story. Who are you? Who are you? How do you introduce yourself? Hey, everybody goes, hey, I'm, for me, I go, sup, I'm Milo, how's it going? Unfortunately, uh, when I first got into youth ministry, uh, we, we come from a little dorpy called Secunda. And, you know, Gauteng uh, was the next biggest city close to us. Joburg, Josie, Gangster's Paradise. And uh, what happened was, uh, Alison and myself, as we started leading the youth in the church that we were in at the time, uh, we started getting together with other youth leaders, and we met this group of youth pastors in, in Joburg, and... Uh, that is actually where Milo actually kind of found its place as my name. So we, we go to this um, gathering of youth pastors, and there's a whole lot of them. I mean, I've never seen so many people that led youths in my life before. We're a small town. Now we're in the city, and there's all these people. So you go to each other, and everybody introduces themselves. So, you know, in, in a context like that, it's like, hi, my name is Milo. I'm from Secunda. Um, this is the church. You kind of give your, your, your pedigree. And people go, wait, hold up. Where's Secunda? I'm like, it's in Mapumalanga. Oh, oh, oh. Where? It's like, okay, so you have to explain. It's like, do you know where Sassel is? Yes, in Sasselberg. No, in Secunda. And, and so, and so I, I realized, you know, these guys had not a clue where we were really from. 
And so they would like say, oh no, I'm from Randburg, I'm from Rosebank, you know, I'm from down the road over here and everything. So they kind of knew each other. And, and like everybody goes like, so what, what is in Secunda? And like at that point in time, we didn't have a mall. Yeah, it was so shocking. We didn't have a mall in Secunda that my son, um, Jaden, my second, my second born, he, when the mall celebrated their five-year birthday, he goes, you didn't have a mall before I was born? That's awful. I'm like, it's that bad that even when your son says, how did you not have a mall? So we didn't have a mall. We, and, and I was trying to f- think of what could be the most attractive thing that I could tell these people at this moment about Secunda. And I go, we have a drive through bottle store. <laughs> yes, the perfect thing to talk about at the gathering of the saints. We have a drive through bottle store. And which we did have, not that I've ever been there. I've, I've been there, but I never went through. Don't judge me. It was, it was in a shopping complex um, where, where the best biltong was sold. <laughs> the water shop and everything was there. And the bottle store just happened to have a drive through that I saw. Guys, <laughs> we're all saved by grace. Come on. <laughs> so after, you know, after a couple of um, you know, meetings, I got known as... Milo, the guy from the place with the drive through bottle store. Do you see how they got stuck? But then, not even a year later, they forgot that we had a bottle store. Why? Because it was just a part of my story. The other part of the story changed everything afterwards because after they saw what was happening in our youth, after they heard what was happening in our town, they realized that God was moving. And Milo was so not just the guy from the place with a drive through bottle store. And that is what we need to understand when it comes to being reminded about stuff. You are more than that. You are more than just where you come from or what you do. There we go. I was just a bit delayed. So I'm going to ask you again, who are you? Who are you? You might say, I'm a mom. Others might say, I'm a dad. I'm a student. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm gifted. I'm not talented. I'm beautiful. I'm unattractive. You name it, you are more than that. You're more than just what title or position you hold. It's just a part of your story. And what we read through the letter, this first chapter, as we, as we dive into it, Paul is reminding us that our identity is not found in what you do. Our worth is not found in what we have We are found in who Jesus is. And that is what we need to understand. It is found in Jesus. That is why getting your identity and your worth from the world is unacceptable. Because it will always change. 
Because we meet with people, we sit down, we hear stories that I was a doctor, but I had to sell my practice. COVID kicked in and certain things didn't work. And now I am unemployed. But you're more than that. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Let me show you this. We read from verse 4 to 8 that who we are is found in Jesus. The first thing we see is we are chosen. Chosen means picked out. How many of you guys pick out your own outfits? Luckily, I do. I'm sorry, my style doesn't agree with everybody, but I choose it. You see, the thing is, God chose you. You weren't just someone on the sideline. He goes, oh, oh, there's someone. Okay, I'll take him. No, you are chosen. God actually made up his mind before you were created that he is going to choose you. You know, we, we currently talk about, are you anti-vax or pro-vax? Do you choose it? Don't you? Jesus is pro-you. God is pro-you. Um, I, I was chatting with, with friends yesterday. How many of you guys watched The Voice? Have you ever watched an, an, a show called The Voice? Now, for those who have never watched The Voice, it's the story of, it's not a story, it's this reality show of people that can sing a little better than what I can. And what happens is it starts off with this thing called blind auditions. Guys that can sing, they walk onto stage, and the judges, there are four of them sit in front of them, but have their backs turned to whoever's singing. So as they sing, the judges only get to decide by what they hear whether or not they're going to choose the person on stage to be on their team. And then they have to hit a buzzer, and then the chair turns around and they go, yay! They shout, it's like, that's my man, that's my girl, whoop, whoop. But when it comes to Jesus, we weren't even on the stage yet when he hit the buzzer and he says, you are mine. Let that sink in for a while. Just think about it. We don't have to perform. We don't have to do anything. You were chosen before creation by God. And he's going, you are mine. God chose us. No matter who we are, no matter what we did, we are chosen. The next thing you need to know in Jesus, we are adopted. How many of you guys have ever one, you know, prayed, Lord, when I wake up tomorrow, I hope I have new parents and I'm rich? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I prayed that as well. It's like, how dare they give me a hiding? How dare they give me chores? How dare they do these things? Lord, I'm sure I'm adopted. I listen to different music than them. And the thing is, we are. We are adopted. You see, adoption comes in like this. I had no identity. I had no title. I had nothing. And in Jesus, you become adopted. You go from having nothing to having everything that the person that adopted you has. And the greatest thing is, you had to do nothing. 
you are adopted. Can I remind you that you are a son of God? That you are a daughter of the Most High King, of the Creator of the universe. So when people go, are you special? You go, uh-huh. What can you do? What can't I do? Eh? But you just know. You don't understand who my dad is. My dad. It's like on the playground. My dad will beat your dad up. It's like, you don't know my dad. My dad will take your dad out of existence. We never do that. In Christ, we find ourselves in Christ. We find our identity in Christ. We find our worth in Christ. In Christ, you are redeemed from death. You are forgiven from sin, and it's all grace. Unmerited favor. Do you guys feel like it's unfair that certain people get certain things always? It's unfair that we as Christians have the grace of God. Actually, it's people. If you choose it, you see, like this whole thing with um, the voice, sometimes more than one judge turns around and goes, hey, um, I want that guy. No, I want this guy. It's still that person's choice to choose who they go with. So this whole scripture talks about you are predestined by God into adoption. So that means before you stepped onto the scene, God said, I want you, you are mine, come be a part of my team. But it's up to us to go, yeah, I'll do that. He loves you so much that he won't force you into it, but he will have encounters with you to show you why you need to be on his team. And so I want to remind you that in Christ, you are someone you have value, you have worth. You see, Satan will try and come and devalue who you are. He will use events and people to judge you, to leave you and make you feel worthless when you are actually worthy of so much more. Because he can't take you anymore. So he will try and pull you away from your identity and step away from God. So he'll come and he'll whisper to you, he's like, Look how you messed up yesterday, last night, last week. You aren't worthy to be part of this group. You aren't worthy to serve. You aren't worthy to do something. And you know what he says, or what we should say is like, I know, but I am in Christ. And in Christ, I am worthy. It's as simple as that. Don't allow the voice around you to steal your worth. Remind yourself that you are chosen. Doesn't mean you're perfect. It just means that you have a purpose. And that's the next point that I want to talk about is you have a purpose. Ephesians 1 verses 11 to 12. And I want to read it out of the Message Bible because it explains it a whole lot nicer. It just says it a little bit differently. This is how it reads in the message. It says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. 
It's kind of like the love story between me and Ali. Before she knew I was watching her, I was watching her. No, it's not that scary. But before we knew about him, he was watching us. He, he chose us. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. You see, this is the thing. When you know who you are, you know what you do. Or sorry, you know what you need to do. You know what you have to do. When you know who you are, you know what you need to do. I, 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 when, when I first went into full-time ministry, the first day I, was, I started my job, I had no idea what I needed to do. Because the senior pastor at that time, he went on leave for three weeks. And so I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And then he phoned me and he's like, you know what, Milo? You are in charge. Run it. I know who I am now. I'm in charge. Everybody goes home. No, I didn't do that. When you know who you are, you know what you do. In most positions in life, you do according to what you are titled to, right? Principals of the school, they oversee the entire thing. Teachers, depending on what grade you are, you have a specific class that you have to teach. Facilities managers, they look after the facility. Everybody, when you know who you are, you know what you do. Depending on, I don't know what job you have, I've, I've got friends, like, this is my role. I'm a secretary, but I, I make coffee, I, I drive around kids, and this, that, and Ah, oh, Alison, you're my wife, I get it, that's your job, now you know what to do, you know, don't complain, I'm not giving you a raise. So, <laughs> but this is the thing. Because you know who you are, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Yeah, but I, I, I just do this. It's okay. You have a plan. You have a purpose. Can you tell people about Jesus? Because that's all we're supposed to do. We have to encourage people and tell them who you are. You have a purpose. Hey, I am just a music teacher. That is cool. But can you tell people about Jesus? Hey, I am just a student. That is okay, but can you tell people about Jesus? You have a plan. Sorry, you, you have a purpose. I love it how they say further in verse 13 in the NIV, when Jesus saw you, you became marked. And, 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 and since we're on this whole thing of the voice, you know, when they talk about the different people within that, that made it onto the show, they talk about it, you are on team so-and-so. Okay? Let me ask this. Any sports fanatics here? Um, any soccer fans? Can I just see a wave of hands? Just, just lift your hands. Fans, soccer, soccer, soccer. Okay. Uh, soccer. Rugby fans? Rugby fans? Anybody? Rugby fans? Okay. Netball fans? <laughs> wow. Okay. There's netball in the house. Okay. Um, any music fans? Okay, we've got music fans. Wow, okay. Let me see. Let's go back a word. Any shark fans, like for when it comes to rugby, any shark fans? Oh my word, who are you? We're in the Western province. Let me ask, are there any Lions fans? <laughs> province fans? Yay. Bribe, <laughs> I'll send you a secret location. 
soccer fans. Let me see. Any um, Chief fans? Local soccer? No one? I'm a crazy for life. Up the box? No one? Any local soccer fans? <laughs> and you guys say you watch soccer. But how, you know, that was just like a, a really crazy example. Have you ever watched TV? You see when, when they have a sporting event, and especially when it comes to football, you know the difference between who's supporting who by what they wear. No one says anything. No one walks up and goes, I support Man United. How do you know someone supports Man United? They'll show you. I've got a friend. He's an Arsenal supporter. Man, he, he will talk about it. He will wear it. He, everywhere. And that's what it means to be marked. Do you know you are marked? You are Jesus's. You belong to God. You don't have to worry about where you are and what you need to do. Because in Christ, you're part of a team. You have a purpose. You are marked. You are called. You are redeemed. You are set free. You are chosen. Most importantly, you are part of the family. So you've got to keep remembering that. Remind yourself that you have a purpose. And then the last thing that you need to understand is don't stop in the process. This is what we find as, as Christians, as people serving Jesus. This is why the book of Ephesians was written, was to encourage us about who we are, to find out who we are in Christ, but to tell you to don't give up. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. For what? So that you may know him better. I hate training. I love eating. I hate waking up early. I love sleeping. But in order for me to get healthy, we spoke about this, I've got to go to gym. Hey, and it's not going to always be easy. You're going to have to run. I hate running. I love sitting around and doing nothing. But in the process of becoming a better person, a healthier person, I can't stop in the middle. I've got a goal. Next year, I'm turning 21 with 19 years experience. Do the math quickly. And before I get that, there is a certain few things that I want to do. So therefore, I have to get my body into shape. Not this shape, you know, these shapes. Stop flexing. So it is easy to start something, but then somewhere along the line, we wobble. And when we wobble, we go, let's just stop. Let's just give up. Let's just go. But Paul writes here, he goes, I keep praying and I keep asking God that you will be given his spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. 
I pray that you will continue moving so that you won't give up. Keep pursuing Jesus. Because this life we live is never going to be easy. It's never going to be fair. If anybody told you the moment you get saved, everything's going to be awesome, find that person, bring him here, and we will celebrate together with the laying on of hands. No, I'm just joking. Life doesn't get better, it just has meaning. You're going to get struggles whether you are saved one day or if you saved five days, three years, all your life. It's going to be hard. And so Paul is writing to these guys. He's like, I know you are facing something, but don't give up. Keep going. Because we all have those moments when we pray for something and it doesn't come when we want it, how we want it, or it doesn't come at all, we go, really God, what is the purpose of this? The purpose is not to give up. The purpose is to remain in Him. The purpose is to seek Him more so that you can understand what it is that he is doing for you and through you. Because the thing about this specific line is it is written by Paul, who at the moment is, while writing this letter, is in jail. I don't know about you, but that's one place I don't want to go. He's sitting in jail. From the time he met the first guys in Ephesus to writing this letter, he was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was thrown in prison. He was bitten by a snake. And now he's in prison again. How many of you guys want that life? We don't. But we want to say, God, use me. God will use you. But in between that, it's still going to be hard. It's still going to be tough. Your kids aren't going to listen to you. They're not going to eat their vegetables. They're not going to wash. They're not going to brush their teeth. I'm talking about kids, not you guys now. There's still going to be struggles. You're still going to have issues with that person at work. You're still going to have problems with that client. You're still going to clash heads with that family member. Just because you have issues doesn't mean God isn't there. And that is what we need to understand. Don't stop in the process because we are all becoming what God needs us to become. The thing is, know who you are and once you know who you are you'll know what you do and when you do something don't stop in the middle of the process and that is what Paul is saying remind yourself it might not be easy but it is worth it I might not see it but this is what God calls me so I want to encourage you read your Bible daily you might not understand everything at that moment. But later down the line, you're going to encounter something and you're going to go, I get it now. I get it now. And then revelation comes and you get to know Jesus more. You get to have wisdom. So it's just a part of your story. What you're going through now, it's just a part of your story. Who you are is also a part of your story. 
you are in Christ. And we pray.